Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Here is your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof, a nationally recognized health educator, author of the award-winning book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, and creator of the Talk Puberty app. Hi, welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof. Today, I have a special visitor with me who is a health teacher from New York, Chris Homer, and we're going to talk about changes that most boys experience as they go through puberty. Chris, you want to say hi? Hi, everybody, and welcome to this wonderful program. What we're going to go over today is what most boys experience. Mm -hmm. So one part will go over basic body size changes and then more the noticeable voice changes, hair growth, including some shaving habits, maturing genitals and nocturnal emissions. And then part two will be body parts, including the penis, testicles, scrotum sac, semen and sperm and some other information. So let's get started. And if you're feeling at some points that you're overwhelmed with all this information, feel free to stop and come back to it. And you can listen to this as a family. Also feel free to go to the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, because it does break down all these aspects of what most boys go through. Or the Talk Puberty app, there's a section called Questions About Most Boys. So to start off talking about most boys... I'm going to ask some questions and Chris, feel free. You can interject. You can answer the question. You can say, you can take this one, Lori. I want you to feel as comfortable as possible here. Sure. The first first question I have is, when does puberty typically begin for most boys? Uh, And that is a great question because it is so different for different kids. And as I tell, you know, my students or when I'm doing the talks, I say, whatever is normal for you is normal for you. You can't make it happen quicker. You can't delay it. So just be okay with when it happens. So they say usually around nine to 14 or so. Some boys certainly are a little more towards the 14 year olds than the nine. But if you happen to go at nine, again, that's normal for you. So that's fine. But I see most boys going starting around 12, 13, 14, in my experience. Okay. And how would somebody know? Do you like what typical first signs might appear? It's a great question. I mean, you know, sometimes people will see a, uh, a little bit of a growth spurt occurring. You know, sometimes they're start starting to see shoulders broaden a bit. Those are kind of the first two that, that people tend to notice. The shoulders usually a little bit later, but sometimes the, the growth spurred or the voice cracking or so uh, usually kind of gives some sort of heads up that something's something's going on. And then for hair growth or body smell. Oh, r- right, right, right. Yeah. Good, good call. Good call. Yeah. For, <laughs> for uh, yeah, I was going to say for, for my brother and I, I have a brother who's two years older and he had his growth spurt probably around seventh and eighth grade, he he got really tall. In ninth grade, he was close to six feet tall. And when I was in ninth grade, I was about 5'2". I was the smallest kid in my homeroom. And my brother was the tallest kid when he was my age. So, And we, we had the same parents. So it was really strange. But the difference was he was tall, but I had already started hair growth where he really was not 
growing his hair as early as I was. So it, again, it just shows different family members from the same parents can even grow at different times. But I remember underarm hair growing and, and then pubic hair growing. And, uh, you know, uh, that was probably some of the first signs for me because it certainly wasn't height for me. Okay. And then you caught up. Then I then I caught up. Yeah, t- really going into 10th grade was when I had a major growth spurt, probably six or seven inches in about 14 months. So it was it was a big, big growth spurt for me. Now, sometimes children will ask, well, can I make myself grow faster? What's your recommendation on that? Yeah, I just, I always say, you know, drink plenty of water, eat healthy and uh, exercise and, and let let your body do what your body's meant to do. Uh, sometimes people will try to take certain supplements or things to increase their growth or their bulk. But to me, it, it's certainly not the way to go. It's not healthy for your body. I would certainly talk to a doctor if you're concerned about how much you're growing, but let a doctor take over that. I remember talking to even eighth graders, we reviewed the changes that happened during puberty. And there was one boy that said he was the shortest in his eighth grade class. And he's like, when am I going to catch up? And I said, guaranteed by the time you're a senior, you're going to be one of the tallest in the class. And it came true. Wow. Like, you know, sometimes wow. that happens. It's, you know, the, the shorter ones will all of a sudden blossom at, a, you know, in high school. Sure. Yeah. And then again, you know, people have to also remember that there are going to be some some people who are going to be shorter than others. And again, that's that's just who you are. And and a big part of my discussions are always just try to accept who you are and what you're given in life, because uh, it's just it's right for you. And and granted, maybe it's below average or or above average height, but uh, it's just who you are. So that's why when I looked and I look back at my ninth grade yearbook and all, I was the only kid in my homeroom who was under 100 pounds. So I remember they made me wrestle for our homeroom Olympics and uh, I was the only kid under it. And then (laughs) the next year, again, I just I just really grew and I could never have done the under a hundred pounds again. So it does change, but not for everybody. There are, you know, some, some shorter individuals. And again, that's just who they are and I hope they like themselves. Well, another thing that's typical is the voice gets deeper. And I know that I always thought that it was more boys that that happened to. It happened to me between fifth and sixth grade where I was placed in chorus changed. But how do you Mm -hmm. usually explain like why that happens? Yeah, I think before puberty, the larynx is small and the vocal cords tend to be thin. And when you go through puberty, that kind of opens up a little bit and grows and it causes the voice to get a little bit deeper. And uh, again, that was another one of those changes I'll never forget because in eighth grade, I won the chorus award at my school. And then in ninth grade, I tried out for the musical in the high school and during auditions, my voice cracked. And I was like, oh my God, never forget it. The audience, the other kids who were trying out who were in the audience kind of made the made the face like, oh my God, that's awkward. So uh, <laughs> it, my voice certainly did get lower, but it was just poor timing. Well, what do you recommend when that does happen? Like if a student's in a class or something, coping techniques, what are they? Yeah, just just accept it. You know, I, I got to tell you, I'm, you know, I'm in my 50s. And when I teach, sometimes my voice cracks. 
And I go, oh, thank goodness, puberty's finally here. You know, I mean, you, you, you gotta, you gotta kind of accept things and use humor if you can. It's, it's a part of life. And the more you can kind of kid and say, whoop, I guess I'm changing. You know, it's, it's, you know, I, I think it's just something to embrace, and it's easier said by an adult. But I, I really do. It's just a part of life, and I think the, the more we accept that it's a part of life, the better our lives will be, as opposed to being mortified by puberty. I think we just have to grin and bear it. So another thing with our bodies is we have this Adam's apple, which everybody typically has one, and they they become more prominent in some people more than others. Do you remember your Adam's apple coming out? Uh, You know what? It was never anything that I took any notice to. I didn't it wasn't a part of puberty that I said, oh my gosh, it looks like my Adam's apple is appearing. I, I never really, you know, noticed it. I know boys and girls do have it. I think the boys do protrude a little bit more, I think, because of the, the vocal cords and all growing a bit more. But I never, to me, it wasn't a big deal at all. It, to the to this day, you know, I don't even notice that it's there, but I assume it is. <laughs> Okay. Well, how about the question, where do most boys grow hair during puberty versus most girls? Well, I think, you know, as I, as I say to my classes, you know, everybody during puberty will grow underarm hair, grow hair more so on their legs, grow it in the pubic region, but boys can tend to grow it also on their face where they may have to uh, shave. Again, same with, with my brother and I, I had you know, more facial hair. And my brother, two years older, was still trying to grow his. You know, some boys can grow a beard and others can't. Even as they get in their 20s and so, some boys just do not have a a full facial hair kind of growth. But uh, that's where most boys, you know, will eventually start. And then some may even grow hair on their chest. Not all, but some do. I think it was you. We, Chris and I used to work together in my first full-time health teaching position. And I remember doing some puberty talks together in which you had talked about how to remove facial hair. What do you recommend for young people about how to handle if they choose to grow a beard or if they choose to shave? What do you recommend? So I guess whatever, whatever they want to do with it. I mean, for me, I remember, and I probably was close to 17 couldn't wait to grow a mustache like i'm look i'm like look i got 11 that's almost a mustache and like i was so excited i guess it's just a normal part of it but i never really grew one because i think when it finally started to come in i just did not like the look but if somebody wants to shave you know shaving's a whole different deal where some people will go to a barber and when they get their hair cut they'll get a shave but uh, if you're going to be doing it more regularly, you know, that's the old wash your face. And then some people use shaving cream and, and a razor. Some people use an electric razor. I tend not to shave with the full lather and all. I actually, in the shower, I'll just put body wash on and just do a quick shave because I also have a uh, goatee. So it's not like I have a lot to shave. So it depends on what people feel comfortable doing. And, you know, I always felt much more comfortable with an electric razor uh, just because no chance of getting a little, you know, nick or cut. You know, now I just use uh, regular razors and, you know, it's it's quite easy. But at first you got to be careful, you know, and, and learn how to do it. So, and you have your own shaver. You don't share it with anybody. No, I, I don't, don't share. Yeah. yeah. 
which is a, a stronger, healthier habit. And then say if a young person, like, is there a certain direction you're supposed to shave, like neck area versus the yeah. face? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I think I start going uh, from head to toes, meaning just going down on my face. And I even go down on the neck area too. But then when I get out and I look in the mirror, I'll be, you know, if I need to correct something, sometimes going up on the neck by my goatee. So it really is different. You, you just have to kind of find your your pathway, whatever you feel is safest, makes, you know, your skin less irritated at the end. And say if somebody like cuts into their skin, what do you recommend? You know, I immediately will rinse it out and then just put a piece of tissue or toilet paper on it and uh, just let it kind of stay there for a bit. And then it hopefully will just stop bleeding. That's what I would do. And I highly recommend anybody that's wanting to shave whatever part of the body that they have, somebody that's done it before to help them out, to show them, somebody you trust, uh, show them where to get the shavers, if you're using shaving cream, that kind of thing. And if you do nick your skin and it's a little bit deeper that you do need potentially to talk to a medical professional, but sometimes it's just a little nick and you can put some toilet paper or like you had said, tissue on it, something like that. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think for a young shaver, they, they should be learning and, you know, a mom could teach it, a dad can teach it, you know, whoever they, whoever their parent or guardian is can teach it if they feel comfortable teaching it. And again, I also think electric is not a terrible thing first too, just because it's, it seems so much easier. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Now, moving along, there's another thing that usually uh, will be discussed when I've done puberty talks to children. Typically, there's this question of, am I still wetting my bed? And the reality, if you have a penis, what's most likely going on if you're 10, 11, 12 years old? Yeah, with the nocturnal emissions, the wet dreams you're yeah. talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, again, something when you talk about just feeling normal is that I, I believe the latest statistics were, you know, 50% of boys have wet dreams and 50% don't. So if if you are having one, you're normal. If you're not having one, you're normal. And uh, if you're not having one, it does not mean that you're not producing semen and sperm. You certainly can be. It's just, it's not being released, uh, you know, during a wet dream or nocturnal emission. So yeah, if it happens, it's completely normal. It's nothing to be the least bit embarrassed about. But again, telling a young person something that, that's not the least bit embarrassing, you know, when it deals with your penis, it's kind of interesting thing to say whether they could possibly ever not be embarrassed when talking about something that's going on with their penis when they're 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. So it's just a, a normal event. And if you wake up and, you know, inside, your underwear or your pajamas or your sheets are a little damp or so, and you know you didn't wet the bed, it's it's a very normal nocturnal emission. So what is it exactly that? Why does it happen? Well, for some reason in your sleep, you become aroused and it, it causes the penis to get hard and sperm and semen to develop and then ejaculate, which is, you know, just to release about a teaspoon or so of uh, semen and sperm together. And uh, it depends on, you know, what you were dreaming of, or it's just a normal part of the body, you know, doing its functions as you go through puberty. Can you make yourself have one? If you're like, I want to have one when I sleep tonight, can that happen? Uh 
Yeah, I, I do not think so. I, I, mean, okay. I think you are completely asleep and it's your body doing what your body wants to do. It's not you wishing for it and it happening as far as I know. When I would talk to my students, I'd say, well, you know, sometimes you might be dreaming about a fancy car. Sometimes you might be dreaming about someone you have a crush on. Sometimes you won't even know what you're dreaming of. It happens. It's a natural part of your body. It's like it's practicing how to release the semen. Right. Um, and yep. what do you recommend if somebody wakes up and they've had a wet dream? What do they do? Uh, I just say, you know, uh, go into the bathroom and clean yourself up. It's not a huge mess. I, you know, just wash yourself down, you know, change your clothes with that. If it's the first time, or even if it's it's more, you might want to tell your parent and just say, you know, I just want to let you know, I learned about this in school. I think I actually had a wet dream so that they can, you know, be aware if they're washing your clothes or your pajamas, you know, just to, to be aware of it. So they don't have to start the conversation with you. If you've already told them, you think it is. And, you know, if your sheets got wet, just to kind of wash them or wipe them down or something, but, uh, you know, probably put them in the wash with your pajamas and everything else. It's again, just a very normal thing, but I would certainly not, uh, hesitate to tell a parent or guardian, whoever you're living with, that it happened. And that's it. I think it's uh, the more normal you treat it, the the more normal you feel about it. So okay. uh, if you, you can, I just say share it. Okay. And certainly you can say, well, I'm going to be more responsible. I'm doing my laundry. I know some young people feel comfortable telling a family member, others might not. So I really like what you said about you can share it, you can do the the laundry, that kind of thing. And it will dry up. It's not that much of a fluid. And students have also asked me, how do I know it's not urine? How can I make sure I'm not peeing on my bed? Yeah. When you have a wet dream, it's usually a little bit more of a thicker fluid. Semen and sperm together are thicker than urine. Um, maybe a little sticky. And if it's, you know, in your pajamas or in your underwear or so, you know, it's definitely not a, a urine-like fluid. It's just uh, a little thicker. So I think you'd probably probably be able to tell the difference. Okay. You know, I, I just had a memory come back when I was talking to some fifth grade children. They were asking me, like, what's the color of semen? And I was like, well, what do you think is the color of semen? And some kids were saying it's white. Some were saying it's cream. And then one kid shouted, it's green. My dad said it says it's green. Hmm. And I actually looked and I said, I think what your dad meant is cream colored. Oh. If not, yeah. if it's ever green please go talk to a medical professional. Right. Go right to the doctor. Yeah. It, it's either like a clear or a, a, a cream or a, a white or even a little grayish color. I mean, all of those are, I think, what what I've heard it described. And, and I think that's the normal color. Any other words of advice for most boys out there about that are going through puberty, about to go th through puberty, or for their parents and caregivers about mm. any advice? Yeah, I, I again, I stress to parents, I stress to children, just please accept, you know, when your changes occur, that your body knows what's right for your body. And your friend may be 6'2 with a mustache in eighth grade, and you may be 4'11 and, you know, no sign of any hair anywhere. Just just try to love yourself and know that you'll eventually get to where you need to be. And 
the big thing I always say is don't get caught up in media and all the mm-hmm. stuff that's on uh, social media. It is it is such a, a dangerous rushing time out there with such disrespect, I think, and, and such uh, where people just treat each other as objects, you know, a lot of the time. So I say cherish yourself, respect yourself respect whoever your partner may be and treat each other like you want to be treated and just be the best person you possibly can be and don't get caught up in all this nonsense with these messages that this is the way to go and all just do what's right for you. Well, thank you. Thanks for talking with me today and sharing your your knowledge, your experience. I truly appreciate you, Chris. This concludes part one of the basic changes most boys experience during puberty. Part two will be the next episode in which Chris Homer and I continue our discussion specifically about the reproductive parts that most boys have. So thank you for listening. If you have any comments or questions that you'd like to have answered on a future episode, please go to pubertyprof.com. I thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a happy and healthy day. Thank you for listening to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the Puberty Prof on Twitter or Instagram. The Puberty Prof, Lori Reichel, wants to hear from you. Go to pubertyprof.com or click on the link in this episode's description. There you can find more information, as well as ask questions to be answered by the Puberty Prof in a future episode. That's pubertyprof.com. Also, remember to check out the Talk Puberty app and the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. Until next time, this is the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics.